0: We've been talking about Joshua in the Bible this week. Thanks for sticking with me all week. Today we get to the, well, we fast forward a bit in Joshua's life to the end of his life. To his farewell speech. We, um, a couple well, a number of years have passed since, (laughs) since we spoke yesterday. Um, And what happens in that, in those many, many years, is that they conquer a few, Israel conquers a few more enemies on the way to the Promised Land. And then, once their enemies have all been conquered, they have all of this promised land in front of them and Joshua divides it up according to tribe, according to family, according to clan, and just lets everyone know this is, this is the great land that you're going to be living in. And he assigns all these designations. But then they get to the end of that and they had peace from all of their enemies. There were no more enemies to conquer. And Joshua, well it's time for him to go the way of Moses. So just like Moses' time of leadership in for over Israel came to an end, Joshua's time was coming to an end too. But before he left, he gave a speech. And there are a couple things I want to highlight about his speech. Some things, that, uh, some things that he said. He said, in addressing all of Israel, he said, You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. And I want to emphasize two things there. The phrase, for your sake. For your sake. is like God is, he's always, he's always acting, in your best interests, in your best interests. Just like he was asking in their best interests. He always had their needs on his mind. He always had the next step on, in his plans. He always had their future in his hands. Just like he does for you, for your sake. And he says it was the Lord your God who fought for you. He wasn't saying that as a way to say, well, he's not my God. He was saying that just to emphasize, well, he is my God, but he's your God too. You know, this wasn't God just taking care of Joshua. It was God taking care of all of Israel. And they had, in a sense, property rights over God. Not because they purchased God, but because God chose to purchase them. Just like God chose to purchase you with the blood of the lamb. You belong to God. He is your God. We, can, we get to claim him. And we get to claim all of his promises as things that we have the right to believe in as we go through life. A great reminder that Joshua gave his people. Another thing he said, he said, be, be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. And where have you heard that before? <laughs> That's what God told Joshua to do at the very beginning of his leadership. It's almost almost word for word. And Joshua saw some great benefit in what God told him, what God told him to do. Uh, and he was passing that along. He said, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it following the Lord and you can be strong and courageous in his promises to be with you. And then he also said, he said, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. And they were able to look back and say, you know what, God promised this and he fulfilled that. God said this and it happened. And, and do you remember at Jericho, God said that? And we didn't think it would happen, but it did. It did. Grab onto a promise. find a promise that God gives you in His word, and hang on to it, uh, because he will be faithful to it. That's the ways that he encourages us, and, and he guides us. And, and Joshua Joshua gave them a lot of just a lot of a lot of great reminders um, in his farewell speech. And as part of his as you know, talking about the farewell speech on this last day, I actually want to go back to before Jericho and highlight something that Joshua did. As they were crossing, as they were crossing a body of water, God divided the water for them. So that was the second time God divided the waters for his people and Joshua led them through. And it was such an amazing thing that God divided some waters so that they could walk straight through on, on dry ground. That at the end, Joshua said, he took, he, he took the leaders of each of the 12 tribes and he said, I want you to grab a stone from these waters, a large stone, and I want you to build a monument with those 12 stones at the waters. As a monument that, uh, that when your children ask you, what does that large monument mean? it will be an opportunity for you to say, let me tell you about my God and what he's done for us. Let me tell you about the way he led us. Let me tell you about the way he saved us. Um, there was a monument that people would ask about and an opportunity to say, this is, this is my great God. And that's what, in a sense, Joshua was doing at the end. You know, what's, what's my monument? But, but really, he was building his monument throughout the whole thing. The number of times a particular phrase comes up in the book of Joshua when it comes to his actions is just remarkable. If you read through the book of Joshua, just look how often the phrase as the Lord commanded him, or as the Lord said to him, comes up. Especially very early on in the book of Joshua, that phrase comes up so often. In fact, in the first couple of chapters, Joshua doesn't do anything unless the Lord told him to do it. He was very definitively following the word of the Lord. And he was able to look back at the end of his, at the end of his ministry, at the end of his time, and say, you know, and point out to the Israelites, and here we are. That got us to a good place, right? that got us to a good place. And it kind of leads to the question, you know, what is the monument that you are building in your life? What is the monument? Fast forward to the end of your life, and what do you want people to be able to say about you? Maybe you want people to be able to say, well, I, that I was strong and I was courageous and I accomplished a lot of things. But Joshua had something better to point them to. He was able to say that he had a God who was strong and he had a God who was courageous. He was a God who was, He was a God who was faithful to all of his promises and a God who safely led them to the places where God knew that it would be best for them to go. And in what ways did he build that monument? By trusting him. By applying that trust in his leadership, just like we can apply that trust in our leadership of our marriages and our families and our communities and our jobs. Making sure that we don't go to the right or to the left when it comes to walking on the path that God has laid in front of us. In those ways, we are building stone by stone our own monuments that highlight in front of so many others A God who saves. And a God who loves. And a God who forgives. And a God who covers us all with such abundant grace. Let Joshua's life be an encouragement to build that kind of monument. A monument that shines the spotlight, not on our strength, not on our courage, but more so the strength, the love, the faithfulness, the grace of our God who allows us to walk confidently through life, no matter where life takes us. Hey friends, you may or may not know that Time of Grace Ministries is 100% donor supported. You know what that means. We wouldn't be here without you. At all. Thank you. We're so grateful for the ways that you allow us to encourage others with the word of God and if God would move you in your heart to be able to, to do that again, we'd, uh, we'd be so grateful. Click on the link below and you'll find more opportunities to support the ministry.